Welcome to the Bruce Siski Show. Follow the Bruce Siski Show on Twitter to interact anytime. Got something on your mind? You can text Bruce during the show by using the short code 84454. You're listening to the Bruce Siski Show on 610 and FM 103.9 KDAL. 10-11, it's a Monday. Hope the weekend was swell. 5th of February, 2024. Bruce Siski Show on KDAL. Good to have you with us this morning. Brought to you by Sanju. Sanju Polaris, Sanju.com, where the cars are. UMV softball coach Lynn Anderson, about 10-35. Joining us now as we talk some college hockey from the rinklive.com, our dear friend Jess Myers. Good morning. In this case, I'm in my kitchen live, but, you know, generally speaking, I'm at the rink live. <laughs> so, yeah. I, 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 uh, I'm just going to go with it. Let's let's just let it happen on a Monday morning. There you go. How you doing, buddy? I'm great. I'm a little, little road weary. Been to you know Warroad and Madison in the last two weeks, and uh, a, lot, a lot of car time, a lot of windshield time, as they call it. But hey, that's the uh, the rigors of the job. And as I like to tell people, I get paid to watch hockey, which is just as grueling as it sounds. Yeah, it, it, it yeah, you get a little weary sometimes. I'm not going to lie. The, uh, the 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 alarm went off this morning. I'm like. But uh, that's after a thousand miles of windshield time this weekend, myself. So it, it, it is what it is. It's a labor of love. Uh, before we get to this past weekend, how was Hockey Day? They did a fantastic job, and obviously, I'm biased being no. in my hometown this year. Just a little bit biased. But the joke was, I don't think Shakopee's even going to have it next year. Because why even try? You can't stop this one. No. Um, it, they they had a fantastic setup. You know, obviously, it's a place where hockey is ingrained in the culture and fantastic history and all of that. And then the part you couldn't plan for was the weather, you know, sunny and about 30 degrees, which for January in Warroad is about 40 degrees warmer than normal, let's be honest. Um, and that made for just perfect conditions. They sold a ton of tickets in like the last four or five days as people saw the weather report and said, oh, wait, I can go up there and not risk my life. So... Uh, just an outstanding job they did, and looking forward to Shakopee next year, Hastings after that. I speculated a little bit about a few towns that haven't hosted it yet that I still think need to, uh, but it's just a fun event, and, and I hope it continues the way it is. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Eveleth because I saw the headline, before, and, and, and here, here's a, a novel idea in 2024, is I saw the headline posted on Facebook or somewhere, and... I, I, first thing in my mind, I said Eveleth, and then I clicked on and read the article and saw that you mentioned Eveleth, and then I didn't have to yell at you about it. Hasn't been to the Iron Range almost, you know, twenty years in. So we, I, I think Eveleth would be a natural. I mentioned Rochester. I think uh, you know another crack at Southern Minnesota after Mankato did an outstanding job as a host. And then my third one, a little bit controversial. Nobody likes him, but you got to go to Edina at some point. Don't, hey, don't you? Know you? Yeah. It, it, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, you know, uh, an eight thousand seat brand new outdoor stadium they'd build with padded leather seats, or you know, something like that. Louis Vuitton <laughs> everywhere. It's Edina. You know, let's go with all the cliches. Let's have fun with it. You might as well embrace it. It's not because it's not going away. Might as well embrace it. I'll never forget Edina's playing Benilde and Margaret's in the state tournament, and the Benilde students started chanting "Daddy's money." <laughs> I'm dead. I people think I'm joking. That actually uh, happened once. Wow, you know, well, Dad was late getting there. There was no place to park at the NW. And, right. 
<laughs> Whatever. Hey, have fun with it. Exactly. Why not? Uh, full houses basically in Madison this weekend for Gophers Badgers, which and I'll, I want to talk about. I know Bob was cheesed after the game about the the goaltender interference calls, and I've I've got to pick your brain on that. But first off, you know it's been a long time. I could go back to two thousand eight, two thousand nine ish when we were you know playing the the, the Badgers and the WCHA in front of sold out barns in, in Madison. It was awesome at the Cole Center, and that place was packed. And then you go down there, and it's much less than packed, and it's a whole lot less than fun. What was it like seeing that building full again? Here's what I'll say about Minnesota and Wisconsin as a hockey fan base. I figured this out. It took me a long time. I've covered this game a long time. But uh, they've got a core fan base of about 7,000, I say. And then there are about 7,000 more, 3,000, 4,000, 7,000, whatever more, that are kind of bandwagon fans. Well, the bandwagon has filled up for Badger hockey again, which is great to see, frankly. Uh, I was in there Saturday night. They had a legit 15,000 in the building. And the Kohl Center, if people haven't been there, it's got three decks. You know, most arenas at most have two. This has three, so it really kind of can be an intimidating atmosphere to play in. Now, Bob Motzko was having none of that. He said, hey, if you've been to Mariucci, this is what we're used to. No big deal. But it was really cool to see for the first time since 2019. They sold out that building. I was amazed by this, Bruce, because we're getting closer and closer to Wisconsin clinching home ice in the Big Ten. They have never hosted a Big Ten playoff game. That's amazing. It has not happened because for years it was the neutral site. And then, you know, let's face it, they had some teams that weren't going to be anywhere near having home ice in the last couple of years. And the one great year they had, the 2020 season, everything was played at Notre Dame's uh, arena. All the playoffs were there because of uh, the pandemic in front of no fans. So we're, we're looking at, you know, coming up here in the next couple of weeks for the first time ever, the, the Cole Center is going to host Big Ten playoff games. And, and that's really cool to see for a fan base that, you know, I won't say they're long-suffering or anything like that, but it's, it's fun. You know, I, I think, uh, as people told me six years ago when Bob Mutzko took over Minnesota's program, they said college hockey is better when programs like Minnesota and Wisconsin are competitive, and I, I think that's absolutely true. Jess Myers, TheRinkLive.com, our guest. All right, so Bob was not happy after the game. The Gophers had a couple of goals that were wiped out by goaltender interference. Uh, if you've been well, on – well, well. Now, were they inter- wiped out by goaltender interference? Because here's my issue. They, c- they announce the goal is disallowed, then they review it and they say the call is upheld. They don't explain what the call is at any point. That's my issue. Is oh. If you're going to take away a goal in a one-goal game between two NCAA tournament teams that would potentially change the game, at least tell us why. That's all I'm looking for. That's a whole different issue, uh, and one that I've actually brought up. So I've told you my Notre Dame story before, haven't I? Absolutely, yeah. So we're for those that don't know, we're in Notre Dame. But, a number, ahead, but go ahead, yeah. A number of years ago, it was a game that was on NBC Sports Network back when NBC Sports Network actually existed. And Anson Carter was working for NBC Sports Network at the time, and he was actually, you know, it would normally be between the benches, but at Compton Family Ice Arena, the benches are on opposite sides of the ice. So he's actually on a platform behind the Notre Dame bench reporting at ice level. So UMD scores a goal. Notre Dame challenged it, uh, challenged it for offsides. We, we wouldn't have known that because nobody bothered to tell us why the goal was being reviewed. They just went to review it. And NBC is showing the goal mouth scramble where you can see clearly the Notre Dame goaltenders never touched and the puck legally goes into the net. And they're very confused as to why this is being reviewed. 
Meanwhile, I looked down and there's a linesman looking at it, so I knew it was an offsides challenge, and NBC never showed the zone entry, so they confirmed the goal was good, but we never saw the replay of it on television because they didn't know why it was challenged, which was yep. insanity at the time. And I had an uh, email exchange with uh, Steve Petrowski, who was still working the, the Big Ten supervisor of officials at the time, and he was very upset this happened and very apologetic that this happened and said it would never happen again, so good to see it did. Well, yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, for the the call-in question, the one that's got everybody in sense, with uh, a little under three minutes to go in a tie game between two very good teams in front of a packed barn, Mason Nevers for Minnesota shoots and scores. They immediately wave it off and they say, there is no goal. That's it. They don't say why. Minnesota challenges the call. They go in review. They come back and they say, the call is upheld. <laughs> Again, what's the call? Why, why is it no goal? Now, if you go back and watch, Kyle McClellan, the Wisconsin goalie, is, is run into at one point in full view of the official. He lays down. He waits for a call. There's no call coming. He gets up. He gets back in the play. Then Mason never shoots and scores. Now, if there was goalie interference, that's fine. But say that, number one. And number two, why was there not a penalty for goalie interference then? If you watch goalie interference happen, call the penalty. We're all good. Wisconsin goes on the power play. Everything's, everything's understandable. When there's just this mysterious no goal without any explanation, this is when questions are raised, and these are the questions I'm in. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to answer. And, and here's, here's the issue I have. I looked at that play, uh, and I have a huge issue with anybody calling a goaltender interference because the gopher player, I can't remember who it was, who flies in there and bumps the goaltender and knocks the goaltender over. And, yes, the goaltender absolutely took a flop and laid there, but he gets run over because the gopher player tripped over a Badger defender who had slid onto the ice trying to block a shot-slash-pass and went right in front of the gopher player's path. What's he supposed to do? He's trying to slow down and stop, and he trips over the defender and then bumps the goalie. Why yep. is that goaltender interference? Because you can, if you watch the video, it's obvious the gopher player is slowing down. So he's going to stop at the top of the crease. He's not going to bump the goaltender. So why is that goaltender interference? And I think Bob Motzko has every right in that situation to be a little bit upset. Yep. And again, you know, let's consider the situation. It's a tie yeah. game. It's two teams that are legitimately battling not only – for the NCAA tournament, but Minnesota is still kind of barely in the race for the Big Ten title. This is an important number of points on the line. All I'm saying is a call of that magnitude at least deserves some sort of explanation. I agree with that wholeheartedly, and that's a whole different issue that, that I've brought up multiple times with supervisors of officiating, and and I, I they, they look at you like, yeah, I agree, but then nothing ever happens. Nothing ever changes. Yep. And, you know, there are some officials, and I've, I've named Dan Dreger, the NCHC, by name before on this. I think he's very, very good about explaining calls whenever there's a – if there's a review, like if there's a penalty call, then they go to review it. He says the call on the ice is a minor for boarding. We are going to look at this as a potential major. And then they come out and say, yep. okay, we're keeping it a minor. It's a, Now it's a whatever. But you know going in what the call on the – he is the only referee I can think of who consistently will tell you what the call on the ice is before they review something. And it drives me nuts that we've got all these other officials that all wear microphones that apparently are incapable of offering that very simple form of communication. Yep. 
No. And, I, you know, I, I don't mean to blast officials. I don't know if it was a good call. I don't know if it was a bad call because I don't know what the yeah, call That's was. fair. Here's what I do know, though, Jess. I, I think we've got a we've got a problem again with with, with this goaltender interference. Uh, we we saw the I don't know if you saw the clip from Mankato on Saturday, where from what I saw, Mankato player gets bumped into a goaltender who is and the contact happens outside the goal crease. Goaltender flops like he's been you know shot by a sniper in the fifth row, and they call off the goal. I, I we're sending. I feel that Jess. I feel like we're sending the wrong message here. You're telling players to go hard to the net, to not go into the goal crease. Well, then when they do that, you can't call them for goaltender interference because the goaltender is outside the goal crease. I I don't want the goaltenders to be fair game. Don't get me wrong, but there has to be some give and take there. And I gotta say this too, as a goaltender, a former goaltender and a bad one at that, <laughs> we wear pads. You got a helmet on. If you get bumped into, it's not going to destroy your career, for goodness sake. I hope like, not. This idea that goalies are made of glass, you know, we, we got to kind of get past that, too. But anyway, that's that's a whole other deal. Maybe I'm just still a little bit salty because Luke Lowheit skated six feet from the top of the goal crease on Friday, bumped into a goaltender who lunged out of the goal crease and got called for goaltender interference and had to sit for two minutes. Maybe I'm still salty about that one. I don't know. That could be it. I mean, did you get a good steak in Omaha at least? Come on. <laughs> I did get some home-cooked meals because my, uh, my wife's sister lives down there. So That's right. You got, you've got family in Nebraska. And, by the way, for folks who haven't been to Omaha, it's a cool place. Nice yeah. barn. Yep. Know, they, were, they were sold out on Saturday for, for Game 2 of the series. They had over 7,000 on Friday. So uh, yeah. they, they, they're going in the right direction in that regard, too. So it, it's a, I've said before, it's an underrated city. People really should check out at some point. And, and the weather was tremendous this weekend. Yeah, that's that's one thing about Omaha too. It's a little bit warmer. I mean, it's, it's kind of similar to the Big Ten when you go to Columbus. For for whatever reason, Columbus is always warm. It seems like so. So uh, yeah, and that's nice. Although we haven't really had winter this winter, so you know, yeah, that's hard, also hard also Absolutely. true. All right, buddy, I got to run. I appreciate it. Thank you as always. Always good to talk hockey. Take care, Bruce. All right, Jess. Jess Myers, Rink Live, RinkLive dot com. I, I just think we got a problem. I, I I don't know what the answer is, but we got a problem. We're taking goals away that shouldn't be taken away. And we've got a vaguely written rule that badly needs to be fixed. And I'm sure we'll talk more about it as the offseason approaches. Because I happen to know somebody on the committee. The same. 1025 at KDAL. This is the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. We'll talk University of Minnesota basketball after this. At Western National, nice is more than just a word. It's a movement. Nice is there when you call nice is sincere at western national nice is the foundation of how we serve every customer whether it's for your home auto or business and don't we all deserve a little more nice in our lives ask your independent agent today for western national insurance and experience the power of nice The Golden Gopher men's basketball team registered a nice home win on Saturday in overtime over Northwestern, 75-66. Minnesota improved to 14-7 and on the year with a second consecutive victory. Here's head coach Ben Johnson. The best part about that and why we're at 
you know, two wins in a row is even though in our losses you don't get the win, there's still stuff you can take from that that builds confidence, that helps you get that next game. That's so important, especially when you're starting to culturally develop that winning mindset of not letting, you know, one loss lead to two, to lead to three, lead to four. And as much as you can fight that, it's huge and be able to learn from, all right, here's what went wrong. Here's how we fix it and correct it. But, hey, we still played well. You, there's still a lot of good things right. that showed up. So you still have that confidence piece, you know, because it's so fragile. I mean, if you don't have confidence uh, playing this game, it's really, really tough. That's Gopher head coach Ben Johnson, whose team will host Michigan State tomorrow night at Williams Arena. The tip time set for 8 o'clock, and there are tickets still remaining for that game. Meanwhile, the Golden Gopher women's basketball team is at Michigan State tonight, hoping to snap a three-game skid. For more info on Gopher Hoops, go to gophersports.com. That's the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. KDAL at your fingertips. I'll tell you, these guys have a wonderful stream. Thing. Download the free KDAL mobile app. 1029 on this Monday morning. Good to have you along. Brought to you by Sanju. Sanju Polaris. Sanju.com with the cars are. We will be coming back and talking some softball. Spring sports season has begun Great start for UMD. You'll hear from head coach Lynn Anderson coming up as we continue after a CBS News update. 10.30, our time on KDAL. The Bruce Siski Show. Well, I'm 19 years old. My middle name is Courtney. I can always guess how many jelly beans are in a jelly bean jar, even if it's not right. On 610 and FM 103.9 KDAL. 10.34. We're back with you tomorrow. UMD men's basketball head coach Justin Wick. Men's or women's hockey, sorry, assistant coach Justin Grant later this week. And more to come. Men's basketball senior Jack Middleton joins us later on this week. Looking forward to a, a week of shows. We'll be gone on a Friday with the best of, but I will have, uh, finish a full week of shows before that. And uh, looking forward to getting back in the uh, kind of swing of things here this week with the Bulldog men on by. They return next weekend versus Denver. Spring sports season underway. Had a chance last week late to uh, chat with the head coach of UMD softball, Lynn Anderson. Let's go back quickly and, and reflections on last season. You, you claim an NSIC tournament championship, automatic bid of the Division II playoffs, and, and get to go play in regionals here. Your thoughts, your takeaways from 2023 for Bulldog softball? Yeah, it was a great run last year. Uh, I think what was super impressive about it was the fact that none of our players had that experience before winning a conference championship or making an NCAA tournament. So um, to, to have that done after last year going into this year, um, our team's really hungry to make it back to the NCAA tournament and go back to back championships and the NSIC, and, and we want to make it further in the tournament this year too. So it was great. It was great last year. We um, we did a lot of really good things, and, and that all goes back to, you know, just taking care of what we needed to, like within our team culture and focusing on the little things here and there that led to our success on the field. And now as we head into this year, it's a new year. Like we can be proud of what we accomplished last year, but we can't. We can't play the comparison game and compare this year to last year. We just use it as a confidence booster and, you know, start anew with this season and, and go after it. Game one coming up here. I talked to Kiana Bender this week, and, and we'll talk more about her in, in a little bit. But one thing she mentioned was it kind of felt like maybe the, the lack of experience might have buried you a little bit in regionals. Did you get that sense? And, and, and just, you know, from your perspective, how important is the experience that your group gained last year? 
Yeah, I mean, that can happen for sure. I mean, she's not wrong with that. I think it was a whole new experience, and we just had to prepare them as best as we could with, like, giving them, like, pictures of the field before we arrived and, hey, this is what it looks like. You know, let's see it so we can see ourselves there before you can get on the field. So, sure, that can play a little bit into it. But, uh, but yeah, now that we have that experience, I think it's really beneficial. It helps um, those, since we have so much returning, so much experience returning from last year, it helps them tremendously with, um, you know, now knowing what that feels like, what the routine is like to go through it. And we've also implemented a lot, too, of, we we go through after each year and think of hey how can we do things better this year what do we do well what worked well for us what do we want to keep doing but also what are the areas that we want to improve and we felt like one of those areas was just trying to help prepare um, our team more whether that is in relation to um, regionals or not is just preparing them uh, more so we're doing more like mental imagery stuff and visualizing and um, you know, talking through things like that because we feel like that's going to help us in the long run with scenarios like that. Talking to UMD softball coach Lynn Anderson, uh, you know, maybe along those lines, you've got a lot of players back here in 2024. But that said, regardless of how many players a, a, a group returns, every team's a little different. Uh, you know, people change, they evolve. How do you see this team being different? How do you want to see this team be different in 2024? Yeah, you're right. We do. We have, we only lost one senior last year. So we have so much experience returning, which is incredible. Um, and that's so beneficial. And what people maybe don't realize too, is the depth that we have been on our team, even beyond that. And, and our youngsters on the team too, that have gotten so many reps within practices and how we run practices with, with competing and trying to make those similar to games. So throughout our lineup and roster, it's just, there's a lot of depth, which is really exciting. Um, and yeah, I mean, each team is going to be different every single year, despite returning so many starters from last year and, and everybody on the roster besides one, um, you know, every year it, you start anew with, you know, a team culture and implementing those things because you have new people, you have, uh, different, uh, experiences from people and just trying to like have them all, you know, be on the same page and go in the same direction together. So but that's always the fun part of coaching is, is that every single year and making sure that, hey, we're all moving the same direction. So, um, no, it's exciting for, for the group. It's, it's, I'm excited for it because of that blend, Bruce, of the experience that we have, but also the, the um, youngsters on the team too. And, and I think, you know, even more so than last year, I think we're ready and prepared and capable to achieve a lot of good things again this year. As you look ahead, it helps to have really good players, and you've got some really good players. One of them, Lauren Dixon, senior is the preseason NSIC Pitcher of the Year. She won that award last year as well. So, you know, what can you expect out of Lauren Dixon this year? How do you see things kind of evolving in the in the circle in 2024? Yeah, I mean, with Lauren, one of the things I love about her and really admire about her is her dedication to her craft and really anything that she does. I mean, what people maybe don't see too beyond the field is she is capable of so many incredible things. She had an internship um, this summer with NASA, like the NASA. Um, and uh, what? Is, yes. And she's <laughs> incredible. Yeah. She's just lights out across the board, uh, athletically, academically, and as a human being. Um, she's a chemical engineer major, maintains a super high GPA. Um, but that's the thing, like, that's what I'm trying to say with Lauren is, like, she's so dedicated 
to her craft, whether it's softball or academics or just life in general. Um, and she's a great role model for a lot of other players on our team. And, and she's done a great job of being a mentor, especially with like our younger players coming into the bullpen of a couple freshmen this year. Um, and even for our, our sophomore too, and, um, transfer player. And so she just, she's been an incredible like role model for other people on the team. And so she's earned every single success that she's had thus far. And, um, I, I hope to just see her go out and just, be lights out again this year because she's earned it with all the hard work that she's put in. It, what does it say? I mean, this is her third year basically as the ace of your pitching staff. I got to think that that's not a common thing in college sports to have somebody that, you know, the, the front player on a pitching staff like this for three years in a row. Yeah. I mean, it, again, it goes back to just, she's earned that. I mean, she's put the work in on her own time too, which is hard to balance that. Um, but she has, she's earned that right to be able to go out and compete and have a lot, and have a lot of success. And, uh, and it's just great to see that. I love it. This might not be baseball where you, you know, you need five starters sometimes in, in order to be successful, but she's not the only one you're going to be throwing out there to start games. How do you see your pitching depth in, uh, evolving this season? Yeah, I think, you know, how we try and work our, our bullpen and, and our pitching staff is, um, you know, we tell them they have their superpowers and they're all different. <laughs> so they balance each other out so well, um, whether it's velo or junk off speed, um, they, they all bring something different and unique. And I think that that is a special part of our game too, that we implement in our program is, they don't, we don't want all the same pitchers, you know, for when you're facing hitters, you want, the variables there to mess with the hitter's timing and, um, and rhythm. So for them to all be different and be successful in their own right with what they have, that's what makes them special as individuals, but also then as a, as a core too. So, um, you know, if, if a pitcher is cruising in a game and they pitch full seven innings, great. But we also know that we can pitch by committee too, because they just marry up with each other so well. Uh, Kiana Bender mentioned we talked to her this week and, and, you know, obviously one of your key players, you know, how, how have you seen her grow and, and what do you expect out of her in her senior season? Yeah. The thing with Kiana, if I could, if I had to pick one person on our team that, that symbolized bulldog mentality, I'll put it that way. It's Kiana. She has just that gritty mindset of, I'm going to go out there, I'm going to compete, and I'm going to give it my all every single pitch. And that's really hard to do, every single pitch. And she does it. She has grown so much um, from, gosh, I started with her my sophomore, her sophomore year was my first year. So for three years now, I believe. And, um, yeah, she's grown so much, and I love it. She's earned a, a captain role on our team this year. And, She's gritty out at shortstop. You need that as a shortstop, and she has it. She's that leader by example kid in the field. And offensively, she has just year in and year out um, performed at a high level, and she's earned the right to be our leadoff batter because she finds a way to get on base. She battles. She has the ability to battle with two strikes. Um, and so she really sets the table for our offense, and she's not, she's not fearful of that. She embraces that. She loves it. That's that bulldog mentality that I mentioned before. Um, and so, yeah, same thing, as I said with Lauren, with Kiana, I just 
I'm so excited and hopeful to just go see her, like go out this year and just have fun, relax, play the game that she's so great at. Um, and she is, she's one of the top players too, I believe in our conference that is sometimes overshadowed, but if you look at her stats across the board, she's, she's one of the best in the conference. So, um, you know, we see that in her and, um, and she's doing incredible things too. So it's really great to have someone like her too on the team. All around player. So from, from your perspective, watching her, what's more exciting? Uh, a Kiana Bender, great defensive play, a triple, a home run or a stolen base. Cause she can give you all of that. Yeah, she can. That's a, you know what? That's a great way to put it, Bruce. Uh, gosh, you know what? I love, I, I'm going to say all of it, but if you're making me choose one, I love defense. So I love, you know, when she's able to go out there and make a really, we call it a web gem play to make a web gem play out there. I mean, that, that energizes your team. Yes. A home run energizes your team and puts runs on the board too. So I don't want to take that away, but defensively like that can just lift up a team and, and take the air out of the opposing team. So I, I do, I enjoy watching her out at short. She's made some incredible plays even in practices throughout this year that, you're just kind of like, okay, you tip your cap too. You're like, yeah, that's awesome. that's great. I love it. So it brings a good energy to our team. Uh, you've got Nicole Schmidt back, Cap Burkhart's back. It feels like you've, you've got the makings of a really strong lineup this year. Yeah, oh my gosh. I mean, you could you could keep going with the list of names there with our lineup. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they all do impeccable things. And, and I feel like from one through nine in our lineup, it's strong. I mean, anybody can get on base. Anybody can hit the ball hard, can hit home runs, um, can move runners. Um, and so, yeah, it's super exciting to know that, like, we have a roster like that where it's not like we look at it and go, okay, who do we put here? It's, oh, my gosh, who do we put here because they're all so strong. And so that that's really difficult, I think, for opposing teams to face us because – I think we had Nikki, for example, in the eighth spot in the lineup a lot last year. And I think in regionals, I remember I listened to the broadcast of it and the announcer said, uh, you know, Nikki, Nicole Schmidt, it has to be the best eight hitter in the nation because she's hitting over 300, but she's so good down there in the, in the lineup that we just left her there. She had a lot of success. So why move her up when she's had a lot of success there and then getting on base for folks like Kiana Bender, Bender at the top of the lineup. So it's awesome having a strong lineup, strong offense, and we want to continue to take strides forward with our offense this year. We put up some big numbers last year and batting average and home runs and whatnot. And we just want to continue to, to improve those this year too with our offense so what do you hope to learn as you guys get going here in, in 2024 about your group before you get into the grind of the nsic schedule yeah i think the overarching hope is just like where do we match up against with other teams because we've we've done so many inner squad scrimmages and practices with our pitchers facing our hitters and so we have strong pitchers facing strong hitters and there's strikeouts and there's hard hits and so now it's like okay like where do we match up with these opponents like coming up this weekend with Emporia State and then Upper Iowa and Lewis and so that that's probably the thing that I'm looking forward to the most is the matchups and and how we look how we perform as a team and then are we taking care of the little things throughout each game obviously we want to put as many wins up there as possible but we try not to really focus on that. You know, are we able to focus on the little things, our little goals, our process goals from one game to the next? 
we've worked a lot on failure recovery this year because we feel like that's something that really strong teams bring to the table. So we've brought that to practices and we brought competition to practices. And so now it's just a matter of let's go out, see where we're at, and then we'll go from there. And, and so it's just exciting. Uh, there's the buzz in our team of it's game week. Let's go. How optimistic are you when you, you know, like I, I mentioned this with Bob Rents this week, the baseball coach, that I'm sure there's all these outdoor enthusiasts around here. They're getting up in the morning and they roll over in bed, look at their phone, and they're probably shaking their fist and cussing at the forecast. But, but I got to think you've got a different attitude about it, especially after what we went through around here last year, that, that there's not a lot of snow and it, it, feel, it feels like you might be outside maybe earlier than, than ever before around here. Yeah, if you were to ask me earlier this year that we would be practicing outside at the end of January, I would laugh at you. And we're actually going outside for a little bit today, nice. later today in practice <laughs> um, on the turf. Um, but yeah, it's, you, you know, I, I'll say this, it's weather is such an uncontrollable, right? And we talk about controllables, uncontrollables in our team and in our sports, like you mentioned with Bob and baseball, it's, it's difficult. We we have so many variables with that, and, and I feel like our athletes learn so much on how to be adaptable with that. Last year, I, I just said this to somebody yesterday, I think, I, I was on the phone or email or text for every single game aside from our first two tournaments. Other than that, it was every single game I was on the phone with, with weather stuff or weather changes or game time changes. And so to have our weather out there that we have right now, is great and we'll just see where it goes i mean we're potentially going to play on junction this year because of of not having a ton of snow knock on wood um but you know we'll be ready for whatever it is whether uh whether it stays this way or it changes when we get more snow it's just it's one of those things that we just learned to kind of go with the flow with and you can't control it so don't use too much energy up on it but you know if it does stay this way and we get to be outside in nicer weather that's really exciting um, because I, I feel like our players have earned it from last year. It'd be nice to give them a little bit more sunshine. Bulldog softball coach Lynn Anderson, UMD 3-0 and zero over the weekend at the Mankato Dome Invite. 10-50, wrap it up in a moment. Bruce Siski Show on KDAL. Your Twin Ports home for UMD Bulldog football. Yes, for the touchdown for UMD. KDAL. 10.59 on this Monday morning. It's warmed up near 40 at the airport, 35 downtown Duluth with bright sunshine that I'm planning to get out and enjoy here very soon. Back at it tomorrow, UMV men's basketball head coach Justin Wick. Heck of a week for the Bulldogs, a 3-0 and zero week, including a dramatic overtime win in Wayne. Saturday will recap and preview this weekend at home. Only four home games left in the season. Raz up next to sound off. Have a great Monday. Thank you so much for listening. This has been the Bruce Siski Show. Hit us up on Twitter at Bruce Siski Show and let us know what you think. No, yes, no. Well, no, I, I crossed my mind. Visit KDAL610.com to podcast today's show anytime. What'd you say? Listen to shows on demand and download for free. You can also subscribe via Spotify or your favorite podcast app. This has been the Bruce Siski Show. CBS News is up next. For more than 80 years, KDAL 103.9, W28FBFM, and 610 KDAL, Duluth Superior, a Midwest communication station. KDAL.